Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Mark, how are you today? Very good. How you doing? Wonderful. How can I help you? Well, I'm looking for a product. I'm working on a 62 vintage house that... Uh, trying to repaint the exterior and on the both the soffits and the gables there's some just cracks that are showing up and i'm looking for a good product that does a good job of either a primer or a, a, just a finished coat it'll do a good job of filling in the little small voids and making it look decent so okay so opinion. it's just uh, when you say little voids are they like the 16th of an inch type cracks or or even smaller yes okay then Sand it down real good. Get it all cleaned up. The edges uh, on the paint, where they're feathered in, where it doesn't show. You can paint it with a Zinzer primer. Z-I-N-Z-E-R. And then you're going to want to put a good top coat on it. And typically you want to go with two layers. You know, you you end up painting the darn thing three times, but this is what's going to make it last for you. On your paint that you top coat it with, don't go with the $20 or $25 a gallon stuff. You need to get up into the higher end paints that are going to cost you, you know, $45, $55 a gallon. But that's what's going to coat it and last for years to come. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Mark. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And like so many things, you get what you pay for. Paints is not one of those things you want to go cheap on. Buy the higher-end brand paints. And when I say name brand paints, I'm talking, uh, you know, Kelly Moore, uh, Sherwin-Williams, Valspar. Get the good paints, but get their higher-end paints that are going to last for years to come. Jim, where can one... With a budget, get a plan and design drawn for a barn dominium. I purchased a 70 by 22 foot, 12 inch or 12 foot high center peak metal building. And individuals that I have been seeking to do the foundation work ask me for plans. I don't have any. I want to be guided to economical, modern, up to date look to this new home I plan to call home and man cave garage by the lake. I thank you in advance for any guidance you can give me. You're the best brother. <laughs> this is, comes from Hank, and he's out at West Tawakany. Well, here's the deal, Hank. You're going to have to get some plans done. Uh, and typically for plans of a foundation you need an engineer stamp. Now, if you're outside city limits, like in a county area or something, you may not have to have it stamped by an engineer, but most municipalities would require that. So this is actually one of those cases where I would tell you to call Devers Engineering. Uh, You can tell them what you want to do, and they could put those construction drawings together for you. Whether you're within city limits or not, they would be able to help you out with that. If you're within city limits, hey, they can do the engineering for it. And if you're outside city limits, all you really need is the construction drawings. 
if I was to tell you what I would do, I would put a big beam around the perimeter, cross beams every 20 feet, and have a very rigid foundation. When I say a big beam around the perimeter, I typically recommend like a 36-inch deep beam around the perimeter, and my cross beams would be at least 32 inches. And what I'm doing is making a very rigid foundation. So if something does move, that's enough to span it, and it moves as a unit instead of getting uh, sections that are sloping and uh, causing you issues. So go to, go to my website, thipro.com, and click on the link to Devers Engineering, and they should be able to help you out with that. Alexis, how can I help yes. you? How are you, Mr. Dutton? I'm so happy to talk to you again. I wonder if you can help me. My house is on P&B, and we have apparently a plumbing problem. The plumber came and said, nah, he said, just put um, periodically, um, um, what do you call it, drain all down. Well, it didn't help, and it doesn't help. It goes no. down, but it makes this, after I wash the dishes, let's say, go, whoa, 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 like it talks back to you. And yep. then twice, the water came up in the shower, which is on the other end of the house. My kitchen is kind of in the middle, so I have clean-outs, or whatever you call those pipes, on the left side, in the yep. middle, in the yard, and on the right side. Well, it comes out after my bed, two bedrooms, after my bathroom, on the second bathroom, and in the shower tub, it came up. So and how, how old the house is do. this? This was born in the 70s. I mean, born, I'm sorry, built in the 70s. Okay. I hate to tell you this, but from everything that you just described, you have a blockage yes. in your main line out in the yard. That's the reason uh -huh. you see the water in the clean-outs and, and you're hearing all that gurgling and stuff like that. Uh, no, Mr. Jim, the clean-outs are clean. Okay. It's unbelievable. Okay, so it's the clean-outs are not filled up. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then you're getting blockage somewhere underneath the home. And uh -huh. he should have been able to run a snake through it to, to clear it out. They did. And every time they do it, it's fine for about three months. Then when I wash clothes and yep. it tries to spin it, it comes up. Okay. What that indicates, though, is what they're cleaning out is tree roots that are growing in there. And so uh -huh. after about three months, the tree roots have grown again and they're blocking the pipe again. And so they run uh -huh. the snake through, they cut it out. You've got a break in, in the system underneath the home somewhere. I see. Now, I want to so, ask you something. You, you suggested to that man to put in Ridex. Should I put in Ridex? No, that's only for septic systems. Oh, I see. I see. Then I want to ask you something else. Um, we have a slab, and the slab all of a sudden has two little cracks. And under, in my one family room, under the window, I felt moisture on my carpet, so I think it's coming through the cement, through the slab, yep. I guess. Yeah, How do I feel that? It's a very well, thin we're, we're line. Back, but you're back to the same issue. If you've got a break in the pipe, in the sewer pipe underneath the home, that water will back up underneath the home, and one, it'll cause the foundation to start moving. Two, it can have moisture coming up through the slab. If you'll call my office, we can come out and... One, we'll do a check on the pipes. We'll, we'll do a static test, and if we show a leak, we'll do an isolation. Let's find where the leak is and what it'll take to fix it so that you don't have to worry about this anymore. 
This comes from Scott, and it says, A friend has black mold on ceiling of a FEMA trailer and has major lung problems. Will an oil-based primer cover it? He is on Medicaid and no extra funds in hospital now and may not get released now that I told doctors about mold. Any help will be wonderful. Listen when I can. You're the best. Thank you, Scott. Well, Scott, first of all, I would have it tested to find out if it is a harmful mold. And they have test kits available even at the box stores that you can get to do the test. But in general, to answer your question, no, just painting it will not stop that black mold. Uh, what we've got to figure out is why does it have black mold? Mold requires moisture. And so for there to be mold in there, there's got to be a moisture source. Either the AC's not being run enough to keep it dehumidified, there's not enough insulation in that roof, and so it's getting condensation between the panels up there. Something along those lines has got to be happening in order for there to be a mold issue. So again, the first thing I would do, I would have it tested. The second thing I would do is after I've had it tested, I would use an enzyme to clean it up and hopefully kill the mold and be done with this uh, if you can identify what the moisture source is that's allowing it to live and get rid of that moisture source. That's going to be the key thing to ending this completely is getting rid of the moisture source that's allowing the mold to survive. Leon, how are you today? Doing fine. How are you? Wonderful. I've got a sewer gas problem. Uh, we keep smelling it in the dishwasher, and it's we bought this house in 2013, and, uh, you know, off and on we keep having that smell. And I'm kind of thinking maybe could that be a vent problem because I looked at my vents on the outside of the roof, and there's two of them in the front there where the kitchen is. And one of them looks like they have folded that lead pipe over. Well, and, and they're supposed to fold it over. Are um, they? It's, yeah, it's, it should be folded down into the pipe. Normally, w what you're smelling in a dishwasher is actually debris that's gotten down. There's going to be a, a catch basket in the bottom. And yeah. debris, food debris, will get down in there and actually start to rot and stink. And that's usually what will cause that sewer gas smell in a dishwasher. Uh, if, you'll, okay. if you'll slide the tray out, you'll see where the drain is in the bottom. Right. Uh, and that's usually able to be removed so you can clean it out. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, nobody else has figured that out yet. <laughs> well, I've had the issue and heard about it many times. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's head over to Fort Worth, where I happen to be at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, and talk with Joe. How are you today, Joe? Good. How are you doing, sir? I was calling about uh, my heat. I I'm not having much pressure in my hot water in the shower or any of my sinks. And uh, about a month or two ago, my two sons and I that live here, uh, we all replaced uh, heating elements in the hot water heater. Uh, we got great hot water, and uh, it started wheezing behind the shower head. Um, it's like a suth or something has gotten in the lines, and yep. I was just wondering, do you get the? Uh, I had the water department come out here a day or two ago, 
and they told me that I had plenty of pressure through my system. Uh, it was probably my hot water heater. Uh, yeah. Do you uh, call a plumber to have it blown out? Well, they really can't blow out the hot water heater, but since it's at all the fixtures, I'm going to tell you what I, what I bet it is. A lot of water heaters where the inlet goes into the water heater and where the inlet comes out of the water heater going to all the fixtures, they put these little screens on it, much like you can put on a water hose. Huh. It's just it's just a washer with a screen, and debris will build up on that screen uh, and keep the water from flowing the way it should. So what I would tell you to do is shut the water off to the house, relieve the pressure on the water heater, and then undo both the inlet to the water heater and the exit to the water heater on the top. You know, that, that'll be a flex pipe up there, and, I, and you're going to see those little screens in there. Clean that out, and that's probably going to take care of your problem okay we drained we drained it so we could put the elements in there the brand yep. new elements yep and uh so when we drained it uh we didn't use the regular uh well we used a hose and drained it and all that but um we also took a spoon and scooped out a lot of the stuff in the bottom of the hot water heater yeah um, but you stirred everything up then and, and so the screen then that's uh, for where the hot water leaves the the water heater, that's the one that's probably plugged up. Okay, okay. So just take that out, and that might fix the problem. I, what I was talking about blowing out by the plumber was blowing out the lines themselves. Not yeah. The, yeah, I don't they, think you'll have to do that. I think once you clean that little screen, you'll be just fine. But Oh, okay. Uh, but like I say, just make sure you relieve the pressure first, and then it's just a matter of undoing that big nut on the top of the water heater where the where the exit pipe is and, and you can tell which one is the exit by just putting your hand on it run hot water and you'll feel which one heats up okay so you're not saying that i need a new hot water heater oh no not at all oh okay I think well this i think it's just a matter of cleaning out that little filter screen on there and you're good to go okay all right sounds great thank you jim appreciate you that take care right. joe this one is out of Fort Worth. Have a three-year-old home in Fort Worth. We're pulling up carpet and putting in laminate or vinyl flooring. We're debating if we should do the half bathroom and laundry room as it is an extension off the entry hallway. What is your recommendation? Well, if it's an extension off the entry, typically what you want to do in a house is have all the hard floor surfaces be very similar in other words if your entry is a certain type of tile you got bathrooms nearby you got the kitchen nearby things like that make them all the same type of floor just like you would with carpet if you got carpet you make all the carpets the same if you got wood floors you make all the wood floors the same make all your hard floor surfaces the same as well it just makes a house flow better and look better when you start trying to mix and match and and be creative it, it actually doesn't doesn't look good and if you ever go to sell the house it doesn't sell well either because it looks like you did things at different times and tried to mix and match too much so it, it's fine to go from one type of flooring to another in other words wood to carpet or tile to carpet tile to wood things like that but again Keep all your tiles the same, keep all your wood the same, keep all your carpets 
the same. So hopefully that helps you out with that. This comes out of Plano. Listen to you on and off past couple of months. I have a few issues, questions, and hope you can point me in the right direction. Toilets, not a very sexy topic, it says. What do you think about the pressure assist toilets using Sloan Flush Mate or any other brand? Well, I understand they are noisy for a brief moment, but they might flush better than a 1.28 gallon per flush toilet. Do you recommend a specific brand or model that works well? Actually, if you want a low-flow toilet that flushes extremely well, uh, American Standard has a system out that really does great that way. There's nothing wrong with using those pressure flushes. Understand you're not going to stop at the box store and pick up parts for it when it goes bad. Uh, but other than that, they work extremely well. You are correct. Everybody in the house is going to know that you flush that toilet when you throw the lever typically on a pressure flush toilet. But let's be real here. Most people know what you're doing in there anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Secondary question. Uh, by the way, Kohler makes some good ones as well. Showers. When the shower water is turned on upstairs, I can really hear the water flowing upstairs and vice versa. Is that due to poor insulations? Is there anything to do to fix it? How expensive something like that can cost, I assume, would need to open sheetrock. It, it, it depends on what you're hearing on that water flow. And, you know, a lot of times... What you're hearing is if, if it's a clicking sound, it's because the pipes are expanding and contracting. That's just the pipes rubbing somewhere. But if it's literally just the water flowing, it's actually not the pipes that you're hearing. It's the water flowing through the valves and past washers and O-rings and things like that. And it just echoes throughout the pipe system of the house, throughout the plumbing system. And that's why you hear it. It's not the water through the pipe itself. It's strictly the water through the valves. So if you want to get rid of it, the thing to do is start following and checking out each valve, how noisy it is when you run the water through that valve downstairs. Find which ones are bothering you and change those out for more open valves. Like on a toilet, you can change from a wheel-type valve to a ball valve, things like that that can change the way it flows. So, Lewis, how can I help you? All right, here I am, deep in the heart of Texas, the center of the state in Coppers Cove. Good program. Uh, I'm listening today, and I hope that this uh, observation question that I want you to comment on uh, uh, interests everybody, because people have been calling in on it, and I wonder about things like this as I got smarter when I got older. And uh, here it is. On, like, ceiling brick, you know, uh, to what extent does it impair the uh, the radiation, uh, the radiator, you know, heat release in the summer months? And I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> sealing the brick should not impede it releasing energy at all. Because all you're doing is basically coating the brick with something that soaks into it and seals up the pores. And when heat is being released, it's not releasing through those pores. It's actually just releasing through the surface of it. You know, unlike a human that sweats through the pores 
and helps cool us down. Your brick doesn't do that. It simply releases the, the heat through the atmosphere uh, through a, basically it, it's like a radiator releasing heat. So it should have zero effect on releasing the heat. Uh, the secondary thing is I don't ever recommend using a sealer on the entire home, a masonry sealer. I, you'll hear me talk about masonry sealers on the fireplace on a regular basis. And the difference is the fireplace brick, <clears throat> it comes all the way down into the house. And that's where we run into problem because moisture gets, gets into that brick and it just follows it down until it drips inside. On the rest of the brick on your house, if the house is built properly, the brick is not a structural component of the house. It's strictly a veneer. And behind the brick is typically an inch and a half gap between the brick and whatever material is on the wood studs. And so moisture that gets onto that brick, it goes in and runs down the backside and the weep holes in the bottom that everybody always wants to plug to keep uh, ants and stuff like that, bugs from getting in their house. And some people think they can plug it and keep water from coming in their house. Well, those weep holes are to let the water out that gets behind the brick. So, like I say, moisture goes in, travels down the backside, gets to the base where the brick is and runs out. Well, you, a lot of times the question is what keeps the water from going inside the home? The brick is on a what's called a brick ledge, which is typically an inch and a half, inch and three quarters lower than the floor inside the home. So that's where the water goes to on the backside of the brick in order to run out. So just FYI for everybody, don't close the weep holes. They need to stay open. They're there for a reason, and a lot of times people don't realize what that reason is. Let's go to Tom Ball and Steve listening to us on KTRH. How can I help you? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got another quick question kind of back towards your the foam you were just speaking about, and it um, could go apply to new house construction, which I don't have right this minute, but in retrofit. Um, is the foam insulation... Um, good in a new house for sound deadening between the floors or what would you recommend and then the second kind of question would be if you have a two-story right now which you're struggling with sound deadening because you a wood laminate floor okay um what is a good sound deadener for that on a, a retrofit uh remodel type of floor for second floors okay and that's that's basically it well, first, yes, the, the foam insulation actually does extremely well for sound deadening, but truthfully, so does cellulose insulation. Now, I'm not okay. a huge fan of cellulose because as it ages, it degrades and can turn to dust, but it does a wonderful job of sound deadening, and it's much less expensive than foam insulation. Uh, but they also make strips that you can put on if you're building new construction that you can put on the floor joists of the second floor before you put the decking down that are ah. designed to help with sound deadening and underneath that floor that you have on the second floor there are underlayments that can be put in to help with sound deadening as well so those would be like the things to look at down. yeah okay. and i'm gonna put you on hold because when we come oh. back we'll talk about retrofitting for sound deadening and when we left, I was talking with Steve about 
soundproof, sound deadening floors on the second floor so that you're not hearing everybody walking on the first floor. Is that pretty much the issue? Yes, sir. We've got an activity room for the teens just above our den. Um, so uh, that needs a little sound deadening. Oh, and this is have, easy. You send right. the pizza to the neighbor's house. Oh, no, I love having them around. It's, it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Here's the issue. When you're dealing with floors, once that floor is in, it is pretty much impossible to sound deaden it after all the f- stuff is installed. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, there are things you can do during the installation process, but once it's installed, there's not much that can be done to retrofit it unless you're want- willing to take it apart and put it back that, together. That's that's almost, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's a snap together. I didn't glue it down. Okay. Um, so it, it is. It does have that possibility. Well, here's here's what it, what I want you to do. Go over to Floor and Decor. What part of town are you in? Tomball, mm-hmm. right? Oh man. Oh, well, they, yeah. They have a great floor, new Floor and Decor right there on uh, two ninety near uh, nineteen sixty. Yep. Okay. We've been there. We've been there. It's a go. It's, when you go over there, mm-hmm. look. They have a, a spot there where they have the underlayments for the floors, mm-hmm. and if they they have a display with a golf ball on it with the different underlayments where you can drop it down and hear the sound difference. Mm-hmm. Go take a look at that. And you and those underlayments can make all the difference in the world as far as not only the sound below you, but also the sound in the room where people are walking. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, I've used this years ago on a different application, but there's a, like a half inch four by eight, um, Kind of cellulose board. A lot of people use it for, you know, putting carpet around and ta- or, or putting fabric around uh, for tack boards, that kind of thing. Um, but it's also, it, I haven't ever used it for on the floor. What I was, what I was a little bit afraid of, and some of those underlayments, they um, they seem to have a little bit of cushion in them. Um, and I was, I was wanting to make sure if it wasn't, a, if it was a snap together floor, that the cushion wouldn't cause the little uh, snap together to, to eventually maybe weaken and squeak a little bit. No, it's actually made to go underneath those type of okay. floors. Okay. Yeah. So in the, fact, the, most, if you look at the manufacturer's recommendations, most of them require one under them. Underlayment anyway. Yeah, like yeah. if you're putting it down on the first floor where you have concrete. Oh, absolutely on concrete. Moist, yeah, moisture. because it, 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 it double duties as a moisture barrier. Sure. But uh yeah, that that little bit of cushion that they have okay. won't won't hurt anything. All right, then we'll head over to Florida Courts see what they have. All righty, take Good care, thing. Steve. I noticed there was a plastic covering over the steel shower drain. The whole pattern on drain is squares. Can that drain be unscrewed so I can get the rest of the plastic? If yes, how do I do that? Two screwdrivers suck into a hole and twist. And if I get it out, well, I need plumbing putty when installing. Okay, the, the the metal grates in the bottom of the shower, they are removable. You don't need plumber's putty or anything because basically there's a couple ways that they're installed. One is to have screws, and you would see them right from the surface that you'd undo the screws and take the top off. The other is they literally just kind of snap into place. So you literally just pry it up and take it off. And yes, the plastic that you see on them is just a screen kind of like you'd have on your 
computer or your phone uh, screen when you buy it. It just peels off and you're done with it. And to put it back in place, you just set it back down, push it, it snaps into place, and you're done. So it's very simple to do. You don't have to worry about it. Now, one thing you want to watch, sometimes people will try to stick the screwdriver into the little squares like you were asking about in order to tip the drain up. You will bend it if you do that. You need to go from the edge and pry the edges up in order to get it off. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.